Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Fidelity Bank, Resource Management LLC, Luba Workers Comp, and 30 North Investments. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. We launched this show when the entrepreneurial boom in New Orleans was just starting up. And one of our very first guests was Jason Nicosia, the founder of a company called Connect for a Cause. Jason's concept was people place bids to have lunch with a celebrity. The money goes to a charity, and the winner gets to have lunch with somebody they'd really like to meet. We thought it was a pretty intriguing idea. Apparently, we weren't the only ones. Investors came along and bought Jason's company. The new owners folded it into a bigger vision called Commit Change, a one-stop shop for nonprofits that provides fundraising and business software specifically designed for nonprofit organizations. Commit Change wisely kept Jason Nicosia as part of the deal and made him chief marketing officer. Jason, welcome back to Out to Lunch. Thanks a lot. My other guest today is in the same position Jason was in when he first came on the show. Kelly Kanatzer is the CEO of a new business called NeighborLinks. NeighborLinks, as its name suggests, links you up with your neighbors. It creates an online community of your real-world neighborhood and overlays it with useful information in real time, from criminal activity to missing pets. Kelly, welcome out to lunch. Thank you. Jason, nonprofit organizations range from local Tipitina's Foundation to the International Red Cross. The one thing they all have in common is that they're funded by donations. So if I'm a nonprofit and I sign up with Commit Change, am I buying a bunch of proven ways to shake people down for money, a, a phone solicitation system that calls people at dinner time, a, a series of emails with guilt-inducing photos? I'm, I'm assuming none of the above, but what does Commit Change do that nobody's thought of before? Commit Change is everything you need to fundraise right out of the box from your event ticketing tools to your crowdfunding tools to uh, something as simple as putting a donate button on your website. And we kind of consolidate all those tools into one single platform that a nonprofit uh, volunteer or somebody who works at that nonprofit can manage to facilitate their entire fundraising effort. Because the other pieces I've seen is something where they give you a software package and it takes two or three weeks for everyone to learn how to operate it. This is apparently a lot simpler. Sure, yeah, somebody can, somebody can create an account and be actually fundraising within about five minutes. So it's, it's ready to go right out of the box. The thing that hits me after doing the show for these years is that it seems like you've got a, a great niche here because the people that have with, with the, a lot of these do-good ideas really usually aren't business folks, and you're kind of easing them in there. Sure, you know, I think there was, uh, you know, the time that uh, web fundraising became really uh, started to become prevalent, was around the same time that e-commerce was popularized by uh, sites like eBay. So um, what we've seen is there's a lot of software out there that is um, built by these legacy providers. You know, software companies that have been around 25 years. And um, because they were able to capture such a large uh, market share early on, there really just hasn't been a lot of uh, competition and a lot of um, innovation in the industry. And so you have these nonprofits with these really uh, great social impact missions, but uh, they've been stifled by the technology that they use. And, and you know, we think that uh, needs to change. 
So, um, you know, we've, we've been very lucky to, uh, to grow very quickly. And uh, we've got over 500 nonprofits now that we're serving, and we'll have well over 1,000 uh, by the end of this year. I have to ask you, were you, were you was it a surprise that you were approached to be bought out back then? Um, you know, it was, it was really a very just organic conversation. Uh, the CEO of Commit Change, Roger Campbell, um, I, had, I had actually uh, given him a little bit of advice before they even launched Connect for a Cause. It had already been around for a good year and a half. Uh, now, that being said, they just ro there was a ro the com commit change was a rocket ship and uh, was just growing so quickly, attracted uh, great investors like Mark Cuban and Tim Draper uh, to come on board. And uh, they've, they've raised well over a million dollars now in, in venture funding um, and will probably end up raising a good, a good deal more uh, in, in the coming months. Now, Kelly, there are a number of already existing online community services from NOPD updates to neighborhood association message boards. Uh, here's an email m message I got from my neighborhood association earlier today. This morning, the lost chicken is on the side of my house at 21119. Now, your company seems to be combining a bunch of elements from the lost chicken in the crime report into one product. Is NeighborLinks an improvement over something that already exists, or is it entirely original idea? It's another, another generation of what's already out there, yes. I think, in your case, the difference uh, with, with the lost chicken will be that you have the opportunity with NeighborLinks to block messages from anyone that you don't want to receive message from. If the crazy cat lady is sending bulletins out every other hour, you can go into our system and simply block messages from her. And that's it, just me blocking them, not the That's Exactly, okay. that's you, and also you can block uh, messages from the crazy city councilman. If, uh, you know, <laughs> if he is uh, messaging you <laughs> on, a, on a consistent basis with things that you don't want to get, uh, we think that people are, you know, constantly, they're, they're, they're getting overwhelmed with so much information. And uh, one of the things every person, uh, in, uh, every, every one of our uh, account members has is, is an account manager, which allows them to make those choices for themselves. Kelly, I've heard that it's been expensive and a lot of work to get you to where you are now. How do you plan to make money? We look at the neighborhood as, as an organic ecosystem. You have the residents, who want information, you have the neighborhood leaders who want to talk to the residents, you have people uh, in government and police who serve the residents, um, you have uh, ancillary um, uh, industries that serve the neighborhood such as the real estate industry, um, and also you have businesses who want to connect with the residents. And time and again we were told by small businesses that we don't have a good way to target our promotion of our products and our services to the people around us, um, even uh, uh, whether it's online or, uh, or traditional advertising, there's just not enough focus. And so we said we can create something in which everybody is served. The uh, businesses can advertise um, and the uh, residents will see that advertising, hopefully support the business. The residents get their free web page and free messaging through the system. And in addition, we have a program called Neighborhood Gravy in which the neighborhood organizations can uh, take it upon themselves to sell ads to businesses and receive a commission. So part of that money stays in the neighborhood. So it's a sort of a uh, situation in which everybody benefits. That's our business model. Well, I can see the, the appeal. I mean, that is very targeted advertising. That is, uh, now is, uh, for, is NeighborLinks free? It is free to everybody except the advertisers. Oh, that's um, great. Uh, and advertisers 
at, at this point, at this early stage, advertisers can advertise in, in a single neighborhood for as little six dollars. Uh, wow. So it's it's almost a no-brainer. As we build traffic, the, the you know we're going to be examining traffic patterns and neighborhoods will, you know, the, the the pricing will shift obviously, and that is the revenue model, and that is the the model that we're going to use to, you know, hopefully become profitable. Well, Kelly, you're a very sophisticated guy. What were you doing before this? Uh, well, I've I've been uh, writing software for about 25 years, uh, mostly on a you know freelance consulting basis, uh -huh. and. Uh, this intrigued me because uh, we have uh, the internet now and you can get information about just about anything anywhere in the world, but you can't necessarily get the information you need about why the street is closed two blocks away from you and how soon it's going to be before you can go that way again. We wanted to provide that kind of an avenue. Jeez, I would. I would be on that just for that one reason, just to figure out how to get it for the next few years at least. That's a now, now, Jason, um, one of the things that uh, people are concerned about when they give money to a, to a not-for-profit is that the money actually goes to the not-for-profit and that there isn't a bunch of fees that are being eaten up in here. Is, are you, is that one of the areas you're targeting? That's really, you know, uh, we, call it, we call that donation skimming. Um, or you know uh, uh, the the vendor that's providing the service uh, taking a cut, and that's and that's really a widespread practice in the nonprofit uh, world, and it's something that we're really fighting to expose. Uh, with Commit Change, we don't take any cut of the donations that we process. It's just uh, it's not part of our business model. We don't think that it scales up very well for a nonprofit. Um, but there's you know almost every other tool out there from Razu to uh, to CrowdRise, you know any any one of those uh, crowdfunding tools that you've ever seen where. You know, you're you're raising money and trying to rally, uh, you know, your your uh, your neighborhood or right. or friends and family to donate. Um, they're almost always taking a cut of those donations, and we think that that just doesn't scale up for a nonprofit. So if you look at uh, you know the numbers on you know a campaign, let's say that a capital campaign that raises a hundred thousand dollars, it's very common for um, a, a tech company to take anywhere between five and ten percent of uh, those tra of the transactions for that donation. So if you think if you're raising $100,000, that can be you know, $5,000 to $10,000 just in fees. And so with Commit Change, we just have a flat monthly uh, fee that you have to uh, have access to our platform, and we don't take any cut of the donations that, uh, that uh, nonprofit processes. That's a very different model. Well, you know, I mean, we, we really were committed to an ethical business model. Um, you know, another, another uh, thing that is a little bit unique about Commit Change is we don't have any kind of like setup fees or annual contracts. You know, as a, as a consumer, I don't, I don't pay an annual contract for almost any software that I have regular access to. If you think, you know, of your Netflix account even, right? I don't commit to an annual contract to Netflix. Um, and we, uh, we think it should be the same in the nonprofit world where, you know, a nonprofit can spin up software and then turn it off the month that they decide, oh, we're not getting that grant that we thought we were going to get, uh, rather than be committed to a three-year contract for, you know, thousands of dollars sometimes a month in software. Because their business is a little more tenuous than corporate absolutely. America. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Wow. They, uh, now, now, Kelly, I've been <laughs> thinking about this direct mark. Uh, how targeted the marketing is, you know. I was just thinking of, a, you know, you could have an ad saying, uh, do you have dandelions in your lawn? Uh, don't be like the Boudreaux's. Uh, actually, do something <laughs> about it. There. We'd really get, really get them going here. The, um, let me ask you, um, Jason, how does Commit Change find the clients? I mean, it seems like an endless array of nonprofits. Where, uh, you're the marketing guy. Guess, uh, <laughs> that's a good sure. question. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's my job to figure that out. Uh, well, there's about, there's about 1.5 million nonprofits in the U.S., and about uh, a half a million of those are, uh, are ideal nonprofits for us to work with. Um, we've we've uh, been very lucky, you know, to grow uh, simply through referrals from our current customers. You know, we think of 
we build a good product, people are naturally going to want to talk about it. Um, but we're, we're partnering with great organizations. So for example, in uh, Louisiana, we're working with the uh, Louisiana Association of Nonprofits. We're, you know, we're a, a registered member of, of their organization. So uh, they you know, help syndicate content and uh, you know, we attend all of their conferences and meetups. And uh, we, we want to be you know, an educational resource for, uh, for technology as well for nonprofits. So um, you know, if we're kind of that hub where nonprofits can come to learn about the different trends and, and uh, changes that are happening uh, with the industry, then you know we're we're uh, ready, you know, ready uh, with the services that they need as well. Kelly, I don't mean to push you. I know you're just getting started here, but um, this seems very scalable. Would you, are there other cities you'd like to push out into? I mean, it seems it would work everywhere. Yes, we'd like to push out into all of them. New Orleans is our test market because we're a New Orleans company. Uh, New Orleans is a great place. Uh, four neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah, every, people have a lot of pride here in their neighborhoods, and uh, um, you know we've we've seen um, in our research uh, uh, a lot of neighborhoods have attempted to start their own online presence, but very very few have been successful. And we think coming to them with uh, you know the uh, neighborhood software and all the tools that go with it, um, and offering it to them for free. Uh, we hope it's a benefit to the community as well as a possible money-making venture. Let's say you took on a new city, uh, you know, somewhere Birmingham, for instance. Uh, how would you get started and how long would it take you to, to ramp up? I guess you're getting better at it after the first city, but... Exactly. Um, it would probably take um, a month to six weeks in a city the size of Birmingham. You know, we'd have to go... The whole, the whole thing is founded on... Um, uh, having a coordinate system of every neighborhood in the, um, in the metro area. Uh, when we started out in New Orleans, we thought, nah, this would be maybe 150, 200 neighborhoods. We wound up with 660 <laughs> neighborhoods. <laughs> and, um, so, and, 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 and in many cases, it's nice rectangular neighborhoods, which are very easy to map. When you get over on the North Shore and you start looking at that Chifuncta River, you're talking about <laughs> 50 data points to map one neighborhood, and it's very painstaking. Um, but that's Louisiana. Do you have a cool car like the Google Map car that you drive? Uh, right? yeah. like that? that would be <laughs> a great way to meet girls, I would think. Yeah, well, um, no, we, uh, we spend a lot of time looking at, um, looking at maps online. And uh, the cool car would, would be a, a great business idea, and I'm going to... I'm going to pursue that <laughs> <laughs> just as soon as I have the opportunity. Hey Kelly, just to, how does a neighborhood sign up? And um, do you have like a trying to think of the do you have like a neighborhood captain or something like that? Uh, well, many we, we are we are set up to work with existing neighborhood organizations, and there are I think 259 in Orleans Parish alone, uh, and another couple hundred maybe in Jefferson Parish, um, and. We are offering our service to f for free to them. There's on our homepage, it says, there's a link that says, are you a neighborhood organization? Contact us and we'll sign you up. And just because it's radio, I want people to understand that neighbor links is, you actually have a stuffed links here. There's a we have a links mascot. We, uh, <laughs> we, had, we had a, a local designer draw us an excellent links logo. We are getting a links headdress made by a local costume designer here and you know, uh, I don't know much about the links is he a killer <laughs> what, what what is a uh, yeah, I'd say he's a, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a friendly predator. Right, okay, yeah, all right. He looks pretty friendly to he me. Does, he does, right, because he's, he's made of cotton. I mean, but these, uh, <laughs> they, uh, now it's time to do the checklist. There's a part of the show we take a little break and ask you a quick question that you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. I'm going to start with Jason. Um, Jason, do you have a, a favorite saying? A favorite saying? Um, 
You know, Abra Abraham Lincoln uh, once said uh, that good things come to those who wait, but uh, only the things left by those who hustle. <laughs> And, uh, and I, Did you add that last part? Or no, that's, that, that is okay. literally a quote from Abraham Lincoln. Um, you know, uh, hustle used to have such a negative connotation, right? That you're, you know, somebody's getting hustled. Right. Um, and in the in the startup world, in the entrepreneurial world, uh, hustle is just, uh, you know, is uh, the relentless pursuit of success in, in what you're doing. And I think. Um, you know, uh, you know, for me, it's a good, it's a good reminder to uh, to get up uh, before everybody else and go to bed after everybody else, and uh, you know, keep at it hard if we want to win. That sounds like a good idea because you're young. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kelly, uh, let me ask you a question. Now, what what's uh, what's on your end table next to your bed? What book are you reading these days? Well, I just picked up uh, something that I'd never read before and I've always heard about, and uh, it's, it's actually an epic poem, the Song of Hiawatha, by Longfellow. And it is fantastic. Uh, you know, people are uh, always interested in um, the latest uh, um, fantasy uh, video series and so forth. And this, you can read it, and it's so evocative. You are right back there in in this, you know, primeval land of the of the early American uh, landscape, and it's it's really quite amazing. So you think this Longfellow guy is going to be big? Um, I think he sh he was big, and he should be <laughs> should be bigger than he is now. <laughs> now, Kelly, Jason, I want to take a minute to introduce you to Peter Jacobson. Now, we met Peter through the business incubator Idea Village, and Peter's entrepreneurial idea is called Wetocracy. I'm going to give Peter one minute to tell you about it, and then I'm going to give you a chance to ask Peter one question, uh, a question that you think he'll need to be able to answer to move his business forward. Uh, Peter, uh, give us your uh, one-minute pitch. All right. My wife and I were living in Mexico two years ago, and uh, I asked her to marry me. We got engaged, and we had a web development company. And we looked online for wedding planning tools, and we really didn't find what we expected to find. So we started building what we needed. We needed a guest list. We built a guest list. We needed to-do lists. We built to-do lists. We needed to put that in a calendar. We built that. We had people coming to Mexico for our wedding, so we built travel planning tools so you could see who's coming. On top of that, we added accounts for people, so it turned the wedding into a social network. So Wedocracy is a social wedding planning app. This is a way of democratizing the wedding planning process and getting everybody involved in a way that helps the couple and makes it less stressful and more fun. It seemed to me uh, like a, a perfect platform for you to include, whether it's advertisements or a listing of vendors or something, for those people who don't have, have a, a, a venue or don't have a photographer. Would you have an objection to actually including some listing of things that people can take advantage of and, and thereby possibly increase your, your uh, revenue stream as well? Where we're going right now is that we're not going to allow vendors to sign up. The way they get in is they're invited by any couple who's working with them. So when you're, when you're planning your wedding, you say, okay, this is the florist I'm working with. I'm putting them in the system so that I can manage our relationship. They then get an email saying, hey, so-and-so has added you. You want to you know, take over your account and own it. Then you're in. Jason, you have a question? Um, I'd love to know, how are you, how are you guys funded and how, how are you uh, scaling up? I mean, do you guys look to raise some venture capital or... And um, and, and how do you plan to, uh, to scale up with your user base? We've been bootstrapping it ourselves. So we're web developers already, so we're able to build it. We're now, we are actively seeking funding. Uh, we 
have been accepted into the Power Moves program here in New Orleans, and that comes with a little bit of money. Um, it's right. sort of a second incubator. As, as Peter mentioned, we were in the IDX program here, which doesn't come with any money, but it gave us some great contacts. So we're meeting with people and, and we're raising around. Uh, but so far, you know, because we are able to do the development ourselves, we're able to just keep on working on it and fine-tuning the product until we get some cash in hand. Peter, thanks so much for coming by today. We'll look forward to following Thank your progress you. with Woodocracy. This is really terrific. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to stick around for a little longer after the show and talk some more about Woodocracy. You'll be able to hear the rest of our conversation with Peter Jacobson on our website, itsneworleans.com. We're seeing New Orleans evolve into a kind of entrepreneurial community we only imagined just a few short years ago when you were on the first show, Jason. Now, you've... You've sold your company, you're building a second generation startup with a million dollars worth of investment behind you. And Kelly, a second wave of entrepreneurs like you have come along and it's exciting to be in New Orleans. Uh, thank you both for taking the time to join me on Out to Lunch. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Jason Nicosia, Chief Marketing Officer of Commit Change, and Kelly Kanatzer, CEO of Neighbor Links. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our show is engineered today by Chris Keogh. Eagle Eyes' Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can get this show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. And you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's neworleans.com and www.no.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO. 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Rashidi. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937. Now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Fidelity Bank, Resource Management, LLC, Luba Workers' Comp, and 30 North Investments. 